5 Minutes with Phil, a daily devotion for people on the go. Brought to you by Tabor Church. Welcome back to the podcast. This is 5 Minutes with Phil. So I've been away from the mic for about a week and a half, and I know that you all probably missed me being behind it. All right, maybe not. Maybe none of you even noticed that it's been a week and a half until since I put out the last episode. Um, but today um, is still February 28th, uh, which means that this is the last day of the Black History Month. Um, I had the intention of being able to um, highlight some some great African American black um, voices throughout the history of the church that really should have been paid more attention to over the years. Now, you know, we can look at trying to be able to fit black history into a single month, or we can just call black history also American history and understand that it's always going to be a part of our history. And so I want you to be able to uh, hear a couple of of voices and things that, um, you know, from people that sometimes don't, uh, they didn't get highlighted. Um, They didn't, uh, you know, there's there's not, you know, necessarily a a ton of books that are written about them. And, And it's time, I mean, it's always good, you know, for for people to to know it, uh, to study it. Because once we know our history, um, then we can live better as we move forward. So many of these black voices that I'm going to highlight today, actually many of them came out of slavery. Now, we look at, you know, whether it was, you know, George Lyle. Um, he was born in 1750, grew up a slave in Virginia, Georgia. Uh, wasn't able to attend church because um, it wasn't the common practice of the day. Eventually... He became a pastor um, and a part of the the Baptist tradition. And so he tried to move into an area where he was preaching to like some of the other, you know, black folks that were coming out of slavery. But of course, the white people didn't like that. He was moving to that place and he was trying to be able to reach these people and they didn't like it. So they eventually chased him out. Well, he uh, decided that he was going to leave and go to Jamaica. And so if you look at it, I mean, it's kind of one of the the first uh, missionary travels that the United States was sending people or Maybe it's because he was being persecuted by all the white people that he's like, hey, at least Jamaica, I know that they've got, you know, black people there and it's going to be easy for me to be able or easier to be able to reach my people. And so then he went there. I mean, and and as far as as we can tell from much of the history is that he continued to preach there. He continued to reach people. He continued to uh, bring about uh, the work to abolish this uh, British slave trade. And so you're looking at not only a guy who was talking about justice, who was talking about slavery, but he was also looking for independence. He was also speaking about freedom. And the freedom, yes, not just from slavery, but the freedom from sin, from death, from the devil, right? The freedom that only Christ could bring. He was also bringing that into the picture. Now, some of it, because some people don't like um, 
you know, some of the, the history that came from George Lyle, because George Lyle was also, it says that the, much of his, you know, a lot of his teaching they ended up using uh, to kind of build this foundation for the Rastafarians. Now you're looking at like, oh, the Rastafarians aren't Christian, right? I mean, so we, we know that whole piece. It doesn't mean that George Lyle was a Rastafarian. It just means that they were using some of his stuff for that. Let's move on to the next person. Uh, Phyllis Wheatley, which, you know, when you look at it, it says 1753, and she was uh, and she was brought to America as a slave when she was seven years old. She lived in Boston, um, and she became kind of a, what would they call her, a, a famous evangelist, but ultimately I think that she was, she was a writer, and uh, she you know, started writing little pieces here and there. Uh, her master and mistress of the house, uh, they uh, they continued to help her, right? So she, and when they, um, when they had died, and she wrote the eulogy, and people were so moved by the eulogy, they decided to, you know, try to publish it. And then it was through that that she continued to say, I need to write about things that I know. And so her master then, John Wheatley, took her work, published it in order um, for her to actually be published as an African-American writer. She had to go and stand before to be tried, like almost like a trial, like a, did you, you know, she had to pass a test to make sure that it was actually her words and not just her master's words. And so she had to go through this whole testing phase and then... She became one of the, actually, she was the first African-American uh, female poets to have been published in America. So she talked about often saying that uh, serving Christ was the most perfect freedom. She also wrote about and fought for the freedom of all Americans. And today, still a statue of Phyllis uh, stands in Boston honoring the gift she used to the point of the value of every image bearer in Fight for Freedom for All, right? So she had a significant spot in history. Now, I want you to, I'm going to go over one more person um, today because of just the the parts that it played that, that also don't, you know, they, like people in the background of the civil rights movement. Mahalia Jackson. Uh, she was born October 26, 1911 in, in Louisiana. Uh, she was a singer, right? She used her, her gifts to be able to glorify God, and uh, she was actually known throughout the world. People would call her the queen of gospel. And she kind of was brought into the civil rights movement. She was singing before uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and his speeches uh, in, in Selma. Uh, she also was the one who sang There is a Balm in Gilead, which was one of King's favorite uh, 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 hymns. And she sang this before his I Have a Dream speech in Washington in 1963. So it's this, you know, kind of the funny parts of the civil rights era is that, is that I mean, MLK, of course, gets highlighted. I mean, he was the kind of the mouthpiece. Uh, he was speaking the things. And it, the, there's a story that was told, though, because, you know, because it gets highlighted with the, the mouthpiece, of course. But some of the 
people in the background don't always get highlighted, but it says that as she was called on MLK to uh, to sing that song, that hymn, before his I Have a Dream speech, that um, it says that I Have a Dream was not part of the original speech that day in Washington. Mahalia Jackson, though, sitting near the stage and knowing Dr. King yelled out, tell them about the dream. And so King pushed aside his notes and began to share his vision for America, a time when his children would be judged by their character and not by the color of their skin. And so it's, you know, that that just little pieces here and there about these voices like that were happening for whether it was justice, abolitionists, you know, trying to abolish slavery, trying to be able to bring rights of of uh, of the African-American black people back in, you know, like where people weren't counted as people. And this was, you know, this is just a wrong, right? And we know this is wrong. But it's the voices that continued to break through that we said, you know what, these are important to hear. And I wanted you to just see a couple of them. It's important for each one of us to go back and to say, you know what, where, who, what do I need to study today to be more educated about the movements that happen throughout our country? Not just in February for, for uh, Black History Month. But where is it that we can start to be educated to understand that there is a multicultural vision that God has already established, that we can say we celebrate the multicultural, the multi-ethnic diversity within the body of Christ? And it is the body. It's a living organism, and we're all a part of it as we are in Christ, and we are a part of that body and we celebrate its diversity. All right, everybody, we're going to end there for today. And uh, we'll be back, you know, this week with uh, some more, you know, just uh, we're, we're going to figure out whether what series is next, what, what we should be tackling. And so I look forward to it. All right, take care.